God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. Well, it's getting a little bit crazy out there with the squad faking arrests. And that's uh, one thing that's been happening. And then you got Bannon, uh, who's made a statement because, you know, he's going he's in court uh, for some violations of uh, not cooperating with a committee or something like that. Um so he is, uh, yeah, he, he, he had uh, conversations with the president that he deemed um, private conversations, and they want to get blood out of him. They want to prevent Trump from running again because there was an election last night, too, in Maryland, and the Trump candidate was and you know behind in the polls until Trump gave him his endorsement, and then Cox— Ended up taking the primary seat away from the other, the more likely uh, opponent, and now Cox is going to go against a woke Oprah candidate uh, for the governorship of Maryland. So I actually think that Cox is going to pull it off with the Trump rallies that are sure to ensue. He was very appreciative of Donald Trump, thanked Donald Trump for making a difference in Maryland. And sure enough, um, you know, I think that it's uh, something that is being seen very well in uh, in Washington. And this whole thing that we've seen about the J6 committee, everybody knows it's a ruse, it's a hoax, it's stupid. Um, and I can't wait until we take back the House and have some meaningful committee hearings. The word is we're likely to take back the Senate now, the conservatives, the Republicans, which I don't declare myself as a Republican because so long as Rona McDaniel is at the top of the Republican Party. Uh, no, I'm going to call myself a Trump conservative and 
someone who supports America first policies to make America great again, which I think is more in line with a constitutionalist, more in line with a libertarian than, than the Republican Party. But that being said, I'd rather have a Republican than a Democrat who toes the line for Chucky Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. But here's what here's what happened yesterday. So they're outside of the uh, Supreme Court trying to distract you away from what, what it, the true problem is in America, and that's inflation. So they're trying to distract you from inflation by continuing this rhetoric about abortion. Like, that's an old news story, but somehow the mainstream media... They want to continue to cover this story because they don't want to talk about the economy. They don't want to talk about what Jean, what Jean-Pierre, or whatever her name is, um, the White House press spokeswoman. They don't want to talk about the fact that she's already thrown down the gauntlet and she's predicting. She's basically saying, we're not going to do it this week, which means they're going to do it next week for the climate emergency. And we have to somehow pass a law in Congress, I think, that prevents presidents from just declaring a state of emergency every time they can't get something through Congress. And that's what's happening in Washington. They can't pass legislation because they find that Joe Manchin is in an election year and he's, you know, he's worried about not getting reelected for another six years. And he's going to pull Lindsey Graham. You know, Lindsey Graham's going to act like he supports the Trump agenda, and then as soon as he gets six years in the bank, he goes right back to kickbacks and palm greasing and political corruption. I would love to know how much money Lindsey Graham has fleeced from all these foreign aid deals. He and John McCain were masters at it, and he still is around to do it. Um, And he was the one that held the purse strings or the the strings, the puppet strings for the impeachment process for Trump. And that's how he got Trump to cooperate. The House put put out a fake impeachment over Ukraine and Zelensky, which was insanely ridiculous. And we now know how insane and ridiculous because we know that Ukraine is such a laundering country and so corrupt. And they're just a full of globalist tyrants over there that are just hoarding cash. But we know what a corrupt society Ukraine is. We know how corrupt they are. And so does Vladimir Putin. But <clears throat> he would have he should have never gotten impeached, but Democrats on the left, including Tulsi Gabbard, by the way who was in the House of Representatives at the time, voted to impeach President Trump. And I thought, hmm, never forgive anybody. Never forgive. And that includes Joe Manchin, who voted to impeach Donald Trump. And so did Mitt Romney on one count of the two. And they, uh, I think they, they would have gotten the impeachment if it wasn't for a deal that was made with Lindsey Graham. And that's my, uh, that's my thought on the matter. Because, you know, you could just open your eyes and see what was going on at the time. Lindsey Graham was in love with Joe Biden. 
And uh, back in 2016 or 2015, when he was crying in the back of a limo over how great Joe Biden is as a person, we played that tape tons of times. And we, we know what he thought about Donald Trump. He hated Trump. And all of a sudden, he's getting Trump's endorsement. He's going to win another six years. It was, a, it was a poker game because Trump needed him just as much as he needed Trump. But Trump wouldn't have needed Lindsey Graham at all if it wasn't for the impeachment leverage that Lindsey Graham used. That's the problem. And what did Trump do to get that? Nothing. Trump didn't do anything wrong. They had a manufacturer. You know, it was uh, Julian Assange that said, um, when he was asked by a reporter, why don't you go after, why aren't, why aren't any of these emails uh, that are leaking all the bad stuff about the Democrats, why don't you go after Trump? And Why don't you release anything about Trump? He said we would if there was any. There isn't any. We couldn't find any dirt on Trump. Ha, huh, how do you like that? So now you have the globalists, you know, agenda at work with COVID trying to sabotage Trump in the first, and then now with climate. And they're trying to get the green card, the, uh, the Green New Deal card in Europe. They have a green passport. They have a social credit score system uh, in Canada. You have this thing called Arrive Canada, Arrive Can, can and you can't get into the country without proving your papers. You have, you have to prove that you're vaccinated, you're a good find, you'll pay out the nose, they'll make life miserable for you. You know, that's what they do. They basically enforce restrictions, and they say, we got to make it really uncomfortable for the unvaccinated so that they'll straighten up and do what they're told. What kind of country are we living in when that is the way you get you, that kind of coercion? It's the, car- it's the carrot or the stick. They're giving you the stick. They're giving the open borders people the carrot. And they're giving American citizens the stick. They're saying, welcome, we'll give you $4,000 a month. Here's the brochure. Here's how to do it. <clears throat> but then Mario Bowser says, not in my backyard. Such hypocrisy on the left. Unbelievable. But what we had here is Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. She says, AOC, so you faked being handcuffed to keep lying to women. Abortion is legal up to until birth in New York, but your voters can't afford groceries and crime is out of control. Desperate isn't a good look on you. Go back to your Insta makeup tutorials you're actually good at those so the other thing is the um, woke da finally had to drop the charges against the bodega guy and yet the woke da didn't arrest the black the black girl that called her uh or the uh, they called her boyfriend to actually go in and kill uh, and and go in and actually stab a bodega owner and he defended his life from being killed and you know it's a black DA and it's a black uh, woman on a food stamp card that didn't have enough money to buy a $3 bag of chips 
and she calls her black boyfriend, who is criminal record a mile long, who is, should have been in prison, but he was out. And then you think about something like Emmett Till or something like that. You think about all these white people that were crucifying black people back in the 60s for nothing. And now you got these woke DAs that are doing the exact reverse opposite. And they're basically trying to, and that's what that's the problem I have with equity. Equity is where you reverse a sin with another sin in order to balance out the playing field. But the person doing the balancing act has a bias. And that's the problem with equity. It, it should be equality. It should be exactly what Martin Luther King said. Don't judge me on the color of my skin. Judge me on the content of my character. And that's not happening with these woke DAs. And George Soros, who funds these DAs, knows it. And this is the problem we have in our society. And corporations have endorsed the Black Lives Matter equity program. It's a Marxist program. It's Marxism. It's socialism. And the corporations have done it because they're getting favors from the political party that endorses all of this power and control and equity. They're using conservative tax dollars to buy up voting blocks from the left. They're using conservative tax dollars to buy up liberal voters. Black Lives Matter was one. Planned Parenthood was another. LBGTQ is one. Trans is another. They're grooming these, these, these voter blocks. And they're dividing America every step of the way. They don't even care that they're doing that because it's about power and control. Ultimately, they want to control everybody. And the corporations have gotten in on the act. We talk about BlackRock and Vanguard and 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 the biggest world the monopoly the biggest monopoly the world has ever seen and there's nothing we can do about it at this point unless we get serious about antitrust and the Sherman Act and say you know what it doesn't matter if you're a global monopoly you can't do business here in America unless you you're you're practicing fair trade and you know, fair trade internationally and fair trade domestically. Fair commerce. But everybody's gotten so woke. And it's because everybody's going after the government. You know, well, we're going to listen to um, a client because, because um, we live in a communist socialist state right now where the socialists are in control because they rigged the elections. Because they have done that, um, you have now their ability to declare an emergency on everything, a COVID uh, emergency, a health emergency. Um, You have climate emergency. And all these different emergencies give these leaders powers that should never have been granted to them. But yet they still have them. And they what they do with them is infringe on your civil liberties and your 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 God given rights. And this is the biggest problem.
So, so uh, well, okay. So I'm going to play this clip right here, and um, yeah, I wanted to make sure I had the right clip. That's all. Um, all right. So this is Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about Ocasio Cortez and her fake arrest. That AOC just pretended to get arrested, went out there and stood in the middle of the road, and the police had to escort her out of the street. They weren't arresting her. They're, ma'am, you have to get out of the street. And then she pretended like she's being arrested because that was the best photo op in the world. She put her hands behind her back and she walked away with a smug little smile because she knew that they were taking pictures. Yeah, she knew. And then, oopsies, AOC got a little bit excited because somebody cheered her name and she put her hand up. You can't pretend like you're handcuffed and zip tied if you're putting your hand up. It doesn't work. But she doesn't care about that. She only cares about the one photo shot because she knows that her people know how to use that. Democrats are liars. So that's the lesson for today. Um, what we should be doing in Washington, D.C. is we should be working for you. But no, here's they came up with the appropriations bills. It's called a minibus. Aren't you sick of any kind of bill that Congress puts out that has the word bus at the end, B-U-S? If it's an omnibus, a minibus, it doesn't matter. It's all ridiculous. Yeah. The minibus is funding more garbage that shouldn't even be funded. So that's why I'm voting no. I'll be voting no to the minibus. I'll be voting no to the fake lying gay marriage bill because guess what? No one's taking away gay, gay marriage. There's no reason to have this vote whatsoever. It should be a protest vote for every single Republican. Every Republican should protest vote no for this because we shouldn't be doing it. And then also we've got the contraceptive bills. Easy one for me, vote no, another protest vote because it's another lying bill. It's simple, vote no on the lying bills, vote no, protest vote again, and don't have anything to do with this. It's pointless, absolutely pointless. And then as far as abortion is concerned, they're just gonna keep lying to women, lying and lying and lying to women, because let's be real, isn't that what the whole abortion thing is all about? It's nothing but a lie. Because the reality is this. Here, I'll finish with this one. The reality is this. Being a mother is the greatest gift. It is the greatest blessing any woman can have. Whether she gives birth, she becomes a mother by adoption, she becomes a mother because she, she married a man that already had her. Being a mother is a gift. And it's not something to, to kill a life for. Never, ever, ever. You might not have planned it. It might not be what you want to do right now, but it's a gift. And, and it will bless you the rest of your life. Here, I'll go a little bit further with gay marriage. I firmly believe that marriage is a union made by God between a man and a woman. That is my belief about marriage. And that is where I stand on it. And I won't apologize for it. That's the truth. And so, but this vote right here, guess what? It is a lie because I haven't seen any legislation and the Supreme Court has ruled twice. Again, I'll tell you this, Supreme Court has ruled twice making gay marriage legal, but the Democrats have to lie about it because they think, they think that they can upset their highly educated uh, liberal women voters enough and, and send them into a fury and outrage to get them angry enough to forget about the fact that they couldn't find baby formula if they even buy any. Um, or they can't afford their, their gas, gas at the pump. They can't afford groceries. They can't afford anything. They can't afford, hardly afford the fancy clothes that they want to buy or, or food at a restaurant anymore. 
They're supposed to just be angry and go out and vote for Democrats because, I don't know, because of all these ridiculous reasons and lies that they're giving them. We have to get back to, we have to get back to being a Congress that serves the American people. That's all, that's all I keep asking for. And so here, I'll tell you this one thing. Going forward, and, and I, this is what I really want to see, Congress needs to serve the American people. And I don't see it happening today. And it's very, very disappointing. And it's very upsetting. So I had to go ahead and do this video because I just was like, I can't believe this. If, if people all over the country could see this place right now, you, you would just be appalled. I, you, you just would be so shocked because it doesn't function. It doesn't function. And that's why everything is a mess. Everything is a complete mess because Congress is a failure. Okay, share this video, guys. I shared it. Um, it's so true. You know, everything she, she said there is absolutely true. Um, and it, it, it shines a light also on hypocrisy. I mean, take hypocrisy. Uh, we have a climate czar, John Kerry, right? Not only is he buying properties left and right uh, at sea level, um, he, doesn't, he doesn't care about that. Um, but all these beachfront properties, but he, he's also flying around the world on um, on a, a private jets. Not to mention the fact that his wife, you know, the billionaires uh, from the Heinz fortune, has a, a private jet uh, golf stream business. So they're in the business of private jets. They actually do more f private jet flying than anyone else in the, in the United States, more than likely. I mean, John Kerry's taken over f 65 hours or 41 trips on these flights. Uh, they were talking about Harry, who was speaking at the UN, to, you know, uh, Prince Harry. Um, and he uh, took 21 flights in the you know last two years. So, or last year. But in any case... The hypocrisy, and they they sit there and they talk about climate, and and it's also kind of interesting how they are hijacking some of these organizations. This Nelson Mandela group thing this is the reason why uh, Harry was talking, and they're pushing these climate initiatives. Now it was COVID, now it's climate, and we're going to find out exactly what this climate thing is all about. But first, let's listen to the hypocrisy of the billionaires. Let's take a listen. The country's most vocal climate activists have invested millions into beachfront property on beaches they say will be swallowed by the ocean due to climate change. Climate activist Bill Gates has warned that, quote, there will be places near the ocean that the sea level rise will completely wipe out. But he purchased a $43 million mansion on the beach in San Diego last year, reportedly one of the largest sales ever in that area. Climate envoy John Kerry has mocked people who don't believe the sea level will rise, calling them, quote, members of the Flat Earth Society. But despite those warnings, Kerry shelled out nearly $12 million in 2017 for a beachfront property in Martha's Vineyard. His well-appointed house sits on 18 acres of land on the island, overlooking the vineyard sound. Former President Barack Obama focused extensively on climate change and even cited sea level changes as a national security threat in 2015. The Obamas snapped up a Hawaii beachfront property for more than $8 million, however, 
And their construction project on the land has made waves because they pushed for an exemption from the state's environmental laws protecting beaches. The Obamas wanted to keep and expand a seawall on the property. Even though environmental experts say seawalls contribute significantly to beach erosion, and state laws don't allow them. And Al Gore, who has issued perhaps the most dire warnings about sea level changes throughout his career, sunk nearly $9 million into a luxury ocean view property in California. The property purchases raise the question if climate activists truly believe the ocean will soon wipe out areas along the coast, why are they investing so much money into property there? Sarah Westwood for the Washington. So here's the thing about that. Um, I remember seeing this guy. I can't remember his name. I don't know how to go about getting that clip. And I even think he, he dropped a few uh, F-bombs in it. But he was at, sitting on stage, and he was asked a question by some student or whatever. And he got aggravated by the question. And next thing you know, he uh, starts saying, talking about like underwriters and banks and and mortgages and, you know, how they pretty much don't make stupid investments. And yet, you know, so given those facts, why in the world is it that, you know, beachfront property is hotter, a hotter commodity today than it ever was? It's the most expensive. And it's very expensive um, because of, of demand, not because of casualties or not because of uh, concern for uh, its existence. It's it's because people want those properties more and more and the population has grown. So what we have is a huge demand. Uh, she left out that the Obamas also have a Nantucket Martha's Vineyard property, right? They just had the big party there a couple of years ago and they, everybody got covid um, and nobody was wearing masks, you know, the whole thing, um, hypocrisy. And they have a D.C. house as well. So the Obamas come in to Washington like half broke, and then all of a sudden, you know, Barack and Michael are buying up million-dollar houses all over the world. So, you know, who knows what's going on with those two dudes. In any case... um, there's another really great little clip about climate that I want to get into. It's uh, a little bit of the hypocrisy. John Stossel says, It's so sad that Friday, uh, the world largest, the world lost courageous and passionate climate scientist, Pat Michaels. Here's an example of what we'll miss. Okay, so here we go. This environmental catastrophe bearing down on us. Elizabeth Warren. I keep hearing that we're killing the earth. How dare you! You have stolen my dreams and my childhood. But wait, I've been a consumer reporter for years. I've covered so many scares. Plague, famine, and perpetual war will kill us. We're going to run out of oil. Nuclear power will give us cancer. Killer bees swarm ever closer. Bird flu, flesh-eating bacteria. The list of terrible things that we're going to get us is long. And yet we're living longer than ever. None of those scares turned out to be as frightening as the warnings. But I'm told global warming is different. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. The alarmists have evidence that supports their fears. Temperature is rising. The UN predicts that it'll rise another 2 to 5 degrees. What do we do in the land we live on is under attack! 
But does that justify the fear? Climate change is not a lie, so please don't let our planet die. Does it justify this claim? We have 12 years to act. We have 12 years. We have 12 years before the effects are irreversible. Really? 12 years? It's warmed up around one degree Celsius since 1900, and life expectancy doubled the industrialized democracies, and, and yet that temperature ticks up another half a degree and the entire system crashes. That's the most absurd belief. I recently moderated this debate on climate change at the Heartland Institute. Well, not a debate because the alarmists who were invited didn't show. Heartland invited many. Please come over here and sit next to that place and let's have a discussion. There are a lot more people want to hear what you have to say. Climate alarmists never agreed to debate. We'd love to offer you the airtime. We will give it to you. I'll give you a special phone number that goes to this phone. I invited Al Gore on my show often, but he would never come. In order to solve the climate crisis... He makes a lot of speeches, but won't respond to people who disagree. It's too bad that the alarmists won't debate, because so much of what they say deserves debate. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. 12 years. Well, and in 12 years, it'll be 12 more years. David Legates is a professor of climatology at the University of Delaware. Pat Michaels is former president of the American Association of State Climatologists. Willie Soon is an astrophysicist. It's all about harm-waving, it's about emotion, about sending out kids in protest. We have nothing to do with the science. This group pointed out that even if the planet warms by five degrees, humans can adjust. People in Holland did years ago. They said, we're going to adapt to the fact that we're a low-lying country and we're going to build these dikes and we're going to build these pumps. Are you telling me that the people in Miami are so dumb that they're just going to sit there and drown? You acknowledge that the water is rising. Yes, water has been rising for approximately 20,000 years and probably will continue. But we can adapt, like Holland has, except... The alarmists say hurricanes and other storms are getting worse. It's getting stronger and stronger. The winds are getting harder and harder. No, they aren't. You can take a look at all the hurricanes around the planet. We can see them since 1970 because we got global satellite coverage. And we can measure their power. And we can add up their power. And there is no significant increase whatsoever. There is no relationship between hurricane activity and the surface temperature of the planet. The claim that hurricanes are getting worse and the 12-year deadline were two of four myths I heard the Heartland panel convincingly debunk. Myth number three was that Government action today will save us. We have to act now. The Obama administration's model projects that the amount of global warming that would be saved for going to zero emissions tomorrow, you don't know how to do that, put you back in the, in the Stone Age, but let's just say we did it, uh, would be 14 hundredths of a degree Celsius. So no real effect on the climate, but... You'll sure have an impoverished dark country, won't you? Myth number four. The idea that carbon dioxide is carbon pollution that just does harm and threatens the food supply. There are places on Earth where it is just greening up like crazy. So if you're really concerned about the plants, more carbon dioxide makes them not just grow faster, but also makes them more water efficient. Carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, but it also helps feed the world. 
a lot of people pretend to know about climate, pretend to have studied it, pretend to come up with these answers, and then make these proclamations to scare you so that you'll do what we want you to do. But if what the alarmists say is not true, why would the International Panel on Climate Change, the United Nations, go along with the exaggerations? Governments like control. Most governments want to keep control, and most want governments get bigger and bigger over time. IPCC does stand for Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Carbon dioxide becomes that molecule by which we can take control of your lives, of your efforts, and everything that goes on. Are they right? It's confusing when there are so many serious people who are so worried. I wish there were a real debate. Why won't the other side debate? Why won't they? They don't want to talk about it because it's their agenda. Leonard Nimoy was used as a vehicle, as an entertain. you know, he's a celebrity from Star Trek. And he was talking way back in the day, it may have been the 70s, where he was advancing uh, this uh, agenda of the Ice Age agenda. The Ice Age. And then that changed, I guess, because it was a bunch of hot summers. When, now when we have cold winters, they call it a polar vortex and somehow it's still related to climate change. So let's take a listen to um, some of the reasons why we might be seeing these types of things happening. Eva of Lardingerbrook uh, talks about this. What exactly is this about and what do you think that it means? Climate change. Well, very simple, Tucker. What this is about is the Dutch government stealing our farmers' land. And they're doing this under the guise of a made-up nitrogen crisis. And that is basically going to put most of these farmers completely out of business. And thankfully, the Dutch farmers aren't having it. So they're going out on the streets. They're blocking distribution centers. They've blocked the high roads. They are fighting back. And they're right to do so. These, this is their life's work. They're really at their wit's end. They're devastated by what the government is doing. And, well, it's very clear that the government is not doing this because of a nitrogen crisis. They're doing this because they want these farmers' land and they want it to house new immigrants. They also want it because the farmers are obviously standing in their way of the great reset plans that they have for us. So, yeah, farmers are hardworking, God-fearing, and especially self-sufficient people that are just standing in the way of their globalist agenda. And it's driving a lot of these farmers even to something like suicide. So, really, there's only one term that we can use for the things that our government under Premier Mark Rutte is doing right now, and that is communism. So messing with a food supply tends to cause food crises and then famines. You're seeing this in the developing world, thanks to climate activism in the war in Ukraine. Are normal Dutch citizens who aren't farmers worried about what happens when you shut the farms down? Absolutely. They understand it. No farmers, no food. And that's why the farmers have blocked these distribution centers, because within a matter of a couple of hours, we saw that the supermarkets were empty. And ordinary citizens understand this. The problem is that the state doesn't seem to understand this, or it's what they want. And the police have responded in an incredibly violent way. So as you guys have seen now, they have even shot at a 16-year-old boy. These are not things that you should see in free Western countries, especially no. not targeted towards peaceful protesters, but it's happening. And not just the Dutch people, everyone around the world, and especially you in America, should be supporting our Dutch farmers because, well, this could be happening to you. 
Yeah, it could be happening to us, and it is happening. You know, just look at how much they crack down, how how little they crack down. We sit there and watch the police with their hands behind their back when it comes to Black Lives Matter or when it comes to Antifa. But when it comes to anything else, when it comes to um, anything conservative, they throw the book, they, they break into your house, they knock your door down, the whole ball of wax. You know, we, we see uh, so much of this so routinely. You know, and uh, what's happening with Steve Bannon today uh, is absolutely absurd as well. Uh, I have a clip I wanted to play. He he made a statement yesterday outside of the courtroom. And um, once I once I get that. But it, it's an interesting statement that he makes because you get the feeling that you know, the very liberal uh, jury that he's going to be faced with is not going to go well for him. Um, and I think he's making the statements that he can make now. Uh, and I think it's uh, important that he does make these statements. So uh, let's take a listen. In the lead up to it. I challenge Benny Thompson today to have the courage to come to this courthouse. If he's going to charge somebody with a crime, he's going to be man enough to show up here or send somebody like Shifty Schiff or Fang Fang Swalwell or send Liz Cheney, send somebody to the committee that has the guts to come here and accuse somebody of a crime. It is outrageous. And for them to sit there and try to get a complete hearing and they won't bring in any testimony, any testimony about FBI involvement, any testimony about DHS involvement, any testimony about any other involvement and what's driving this. The total and complete illegitimacy of Joe Biden. Trump won. Joe Biden illegitimate. 50% of the American people believe that today, and they believe that not from hearing from mainstream media, from our great colleagues in the media, because they won't show any of it. That information has been suppressed from day one, but almost 50% of the American people believe it. You can't govern this country if you're not what is legitimate. This is why no head of state in the world treats him with any respect. This is why the Chinese Communist Party treats him with no respect. This is why the Saudis embarrass him and humiliate him while he's over here with the fist bump. You don't do that to a legitimate president of the United States. We have a constitutional crisis in this nation right now, and they're charging me with a crime. Have the guts and the courage, the guts and the courage to show up here and say exactly why it's a crime. Benny Thompson is a total, absolute disgrace, and this show trial they're running is a disgrace. And I will promise you one thing. When the Republicans have a sweeping victory on November 8th, starting in January, you're going to get a real, you're going to get a real committee. You're going to get a real committee with a ranking member who will be a Democrat. You will have a minority council that will be a Democrat. And this will be run appropriately, and the American people will get the full story. i got to tell you, I'm totally so ashamed of the Congress today for not for sending staffers over here to try to sell their case. They should be here, the senior people on the committee. Isn't that what uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene said? I'd be, the Congress should be ashamed of itself, the way it's behaving. But what do you expect when you have someone like Nancy Pelosi running the show over there, right? What do you expect about that? And... You know, we have, uh, I have another clip I wanted to play uh, with Eva Vlardingerbrook. There, she makes some good points uh, about uh, these land grabs and about, um, you know, 
it's it's very similar to what we've seen with the socialists and liberals in America. They want to grab up all the land. They want to grab up. Uh, they want to allow China and Bill Gates to buy up all this land, farmland in North Dakota and elsewhere. Now that one didn't go through, but he he succeeded in other places. He's the biggest farmland owner, agricultural landowner, and they're not producing food. What are they doing? You know. Um, and then you have the government, uh, federal government, you know, basically saying all this land is reserved for national parks. And it's so you can't, they're basically taking us and corralling us in corrals. They're putting us in land places like herds of sheep are in square fences. You see, that's the kind of thing that's being done. And they're controlling your food supply. You know, there was a fire along the highway in England. And all the reporters are talking about, well, it's 100 degrees Fahrenheit there. 100 degrees does not set a forest on fire. And there's a lot of reports of this thing where they're shooting, they're running a helicopter and dropping ashes and starting these fires in the middle of nowhere. And they're they're starting these forest fire forest fires on purpose, trying to push the climate agenda while denying the timber industry their right to mine that those uh forests. It's absolutely insane, but this is the kind of thing. They they in order to gain power, they don't care how many people they kill. In order to change the demographics of our society or import slave labor, they don't care how many people die at the open border. They don't care about the Uyghurs, but yet they, they say they care about the Ukrainians. It, it doesn't make any sense. Well, of course it doesn't make any sense because the hypocrisy is just right there in your face. There are people dying all over the world for all kinds of different reasons. But the Democrats are exploiting these opportunities. And this is one of the reasons why they're exploiting climate. And you're going to see this become the next big issue Wait in the wake of COVID. Netherlands, like I said, is such a small piece of land. Yeah. We have our neighboring countries, Belgium and, and Germany, that don't have to implement any of these measures. But the Dutch government is doing it. And the real reason, obviously, behind it is that the Dutch state wants the farmers land. Because probably there are a couple of reasons. So the farmers, first of all, they're a group in society that are very self-reliant. They are basically ungovernable in that sense. You know, they own a lot of the Dutch land and they, well, they produce agricultural products. They have livestock. They produce beef. And what's interesting to know is that the Dutch minister who has pushed this nitrogen law has a brother-in-law who is the owner of the Dutch online supermarket called Picnic. Guess who invested $600 million in Picnic last year? Right, Bill Gates, the man who wants you to oh. eat fake meat. And, you know, that's not just uh, a conspiracy theory. I know, for example, that... Now, I did play that one uh, last week, um, but I did it on purpose. Uh, I did that on purpose. That wasn't a mistake. I just wanted to play that one part. He's going to ask about Root and uh, Ruta, and uh, but that's really, in essence... The point, the, the takeaway point from that that particular piece of information. Now, yesterday, the French National Assembly prevented 
the reintroduction of the vaccine passport for minors, international and domestic travel, after an amendment was put in by the Dupont uh, Dupont Tagen, uh, a diplomat, you know, a, a, a policymaker in France, a major defeat for the despot Macron, and a major win for the people. Now, here's the thing: Macron has lost his power. He doesn't. He has no power over. You know, basically, it's like a president, a lame duck president, or a president that. Has con- uh, doesn't have control of the Congress, and the Congress has more power than the president. So this was uh, a major victory in France that the revolution or the uh, basically the uh, pushback, the uh, the patriots or the Trump-like uh, forces in France are gaining a lot of traction. They have more power now than they've had. I think in decades, and uh, we're starting to see some progress there. Here's one more Eva Vlardinger book before we move on, um, but I wanted to, uh, this is another clip that we haven't heard before. The farmers are aware that what is happening here is not just the Dutch government um, imposing their policies on them. They understand that this is part of the larger agenda, you know, like, like I said before, these regulations need to be realized before 2030. Rings a bell, right? This is all part of the 2030, 2030. agenda. Uh, our Prime Minister, Mark Rutte, is very deeply involved in the World Economic Forum, is a great proponent of all of these, you know, all of the, the ide- ideals and ideas that are laid out in the 2030 agenda and the Great Reset, you could say. It's all related. So all of these policies are out of that you know, out of those institutions, and they're being implemented in our country first. We're sort of the pilot country together with Canada for for this agenda, you could say. And the Dutch farmers realize that. They know that they're part of a bigger plot. And th- like you said, they're self-sufficient. They, are, they stand in the way of that agenda more so than any other group. And they also have the manpower to resist it harder than ordinary civilians. So the, the Dutch farmers on the street are recognizing this and they say we need to stop this because our land is being taken away for that very reason that's why the state wants to have it and also because the netherlands is a very full country very densely populated country that's in lack of land especially since we have massive um we have mass migration we have open borders we have so many immigrants coming to our country and the government has no place to house them all right, so you know that brings me to this question too, and this is a question for me that I have, and that is with the baby food shortage, and with because it was by design, the FDA uh, was was going after Abbott, and you almost think all of this stuff is being done on purpose. No one's this stupid. So I wonder if the baby food shortage and the tampon shortage. I wonder this now. I wonder if the baby food shortage and the tampon shortage was like a trial balloon, a test to see what kind of reaction you would get. Knowing full well that you had a you had an emergency supply offshore from Europe and from Mexico, so people weren't going to die in droves. But, you know, because all these fertilization uh, plants 
and all these foods food distribution centers are are going up in flames at the same time you got a baby food shortage by design with tampons also in shortage going after the women to see what the women's reaction would be I wonder what the scheme is behind that I mean my mind doesn't think on those levels of of tyranny and scheme but I sure, I sure wonder about that. I do wonder. Because, you know, um, I wanted to play this Peter McCullough clip last week about COVID. And, you know, they're hiding stuff from us. I also have a clip that I've been wanting to play for a while uh, with respect to the Sierra Club and Ted Cruz and 97% of the scientists. Because, you know, if 97% of the scientists agree with those who are funding them and the other 3% are actually getting banned on social media, this is one of the doctors that gets banned on social media. Now, he is, an, you know, at odds with the Fauci distribution of money uh, and all the scientists that are bought and paid for by Fauci and your tax dollars basically trickling down and creating the science madness that we're all being affected by one way or the other. And so that's why this is important as well, because, um, you know, uh, Ted Cruz was, was talking to the Sierra club and they're like 97% of the scientists. I'm going to go with them. They couldn't possibly be wrong. And it's like, well, the reality is the last 20 years, proves them wrong how can you still stand with them it's like i'm going to go with 97 percent of the scientists nevertheless well let's take a listen to peter mccullough tell us a little bit about the study that just came out of sweden that is just so alarming the news is buzzing out of uh lund university malmo sweden marcus alden is the first author the first demonstration in a human a hepatic or liver cell line that the Pfizer vaccine, in fact, reverse transcribes and installs DNA into the human genome. Wow. And so in simple terms, what does that mean, Dr. Bartlett? <laughs> Thank you for making it simple. So basically, uh, there's an enzyme that can take that messenger RNA uh, um, vaccine information and put it into the DNA of the person into their DNA. Mm. And we were told that could not happen. So this is in a lab, but it's showing really? that the D, you remember the vaccine is messenger RNA. Yeah. And we were told that that messenger RNA could not go into your DNA, but this is showing that in, in a lab it can. And so what it happens did. when yeah. it does, Dr. Cole? Well, can I, can I answer slightly different than yeah. your question? Yeah. So the, one of the fun things about the last couple of years being a doctor and lawyer is this is a very interesting opportunity and I think we're going to be bringing another lawsuit <laughs> because there's actually federal law that you cannot discriminate against people for genetic, discrimi genetic discrimination. I forgot the acronym. I think it's GINA. G-I-N-A. GINA. right? So this now opens the door to saying that if you're not allowing somebody in who chose not to get the shot, that you're actually engaging in genetic discrimination. So I think there's oh, this... Wow. Sweden study, I think, opens the door to a new type of lawsuit. If you're pregnant and you have this done, can that then affect your baby? Yes, yes this is an alarming finding. The CDC says on its website very explicitly, this will not change your DNA. 
the paper that came out of Sweden. Now, there'll the be Wild many more to confirm that. it. The and the steps are to A, confirm it, to confirm that the entire code is installed, and then to actually confirm that it's expressed, meaning that the spike protein now is continuously expressed from human cells. But yeah, okay, you get the idea. That's pretty bad stuff, right? Uh, I think tomorrow we're going to play this um, Ted Cruz uh, Ted Cruz uh, clip. And it's a good one. I've played it before. It's a few years old. Uh, but I wanted to also play something about uh, what they're talking about with regard to this um, climate emergency. Let's take a listen. I had the White House decide that tomorrow is not the day to declare a climate emergency. I mean, what I can say is the president's going to do everything that he can uh, to take action. Again, climate, climate crisis, uh, taking climate uh, action is critical. It's important. You heard uh, Kirby talk about our national security, how it, how it threatens our national security, how it threatens uh, the economy. And what the president wants to continue to do is make sure that we're lowering uh, energy costs for the American family. E again, everything is on the table. Uh, I'm not going to go into private discussions, that policy discussions, or get ahead uh, of the president uh, at this time. He's going to make some announcements today. What I can say uh, this climate emergency is not going to happen tomorrow, uh, but we have uh, we have uh, we still have it on the table, and uh, we'll, I don't have a circled uh, a date circle on the calendar. When it does happen, can you talk a little bit about what specific tools it would then give the administration, and what specifically you would use it for and do? So, I, one thing that I just wanted to make clear, because some folks were asking um, about uh, about the abortion piece, the emergency abortion piece. So, just wanted to just lay out. Um, so, look, we haven't ruled out a public health emergency, as I just laid out, uh, and so we're just we're just still moving forward with um, with the options that we potentially have uh, in front of us. Everything is on the table. But to declaring a public health emergency is very different from de declaring a climate emergency. Each unlocks a different set uh, of authorities and a different pot of funding. Uh, and so Funding and authorities. You just heard it right there. Funding and authorities. That's what it does. It unlocks funding and authorities. And the other part is um, with Buttigieg... Well, that brings us to the end. Okay. So um, here's the thing. With Buttigieg, he was talking about, well, and the good the good news is, you know, the higher prices of uh, gas for, you know, he's transportation secretary, the higher prices on these things is going to, you know, push people to get electric vehicles that they can't afford. And then he can't even address, you know, what, uh, what impact 11, uh, uh, these electric vehicles have, like, it could be four times four run you know four times the amount of electricity per household that the grid can't handle, and that coal uh, emissions are explained not even explained, so it doesn't make any sense. Well, we'll pick up on this tomorrow. You've been listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to use Red State over at MyPillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.